Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, I have the extreme pleasure of welcoming Amanda Dybert, comic book writer, to Hungry Trilobite. Please pay attention at the end for a community-building tip and a note about today's recording. Let's get started. On mic today, we have Amanda Dybert. How are you doing this fine day? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, how's your wrapping up your weekend mid all the craziness? You know, it's uh, it's it's good. It's a, it's a surprisingly busy time. I'm a mom, so we're juggling mm-hmm. mom stuff and life stuff and whatever. But we're we're doing fine. Can't complain. That's one of the reasons that you, you stuck out to me among all the comic people that I follow because. Most of you, you post about, you know, superheroes and drawing and writing and all that stuff. But you also post a lot of like parent stuff and real life stuff. And I'm having trouble keeping my stuff together stuff. And I love that about you. <laughs> Thanks. So, I mean, what is it like now? Are you, you're working from home mm-hmm. and that's that can't be easy when you're in a creative field and you've got little ones running around. It's. It, you know, it's hard in some ways. Um, in some ways, it's nice because, uh, you know, there's no commute to deal with. We live in Los Angeles, so I'm not in my car. Um, and a lot of together time. And uh, how it's how we've really been making it work is uh, my wife, Kat Staggs, is a, is a comic book illustrator. Mm-hmm. And we tend to try to divide up the days. I mean, if somebody's on, like, a crunch deadline, then the other one will just kind of, like, step in and do full parenting, but we're trying to divide it up a bit so that uh, we each get some undisturbed or undisturbed-ish hours of the day to really like dive in and work and then like tag team with, you know, being uh, preschool, homeschool teachers all of a sudden and occupying our, our daughter. So it's it's working pretty well. Is this a system you came up with during the quarantine or had you kind of had the seeds of it in the past? It was I mean, there have been times where Kat and I have both been working from home before, so it's not a totally new to us situation, although uh, our daughter also not being in school is uh, is a new situation. Um, but it was my first priority the second that we thought that the whole uh, stay-at-home uh, order was coming. Like, before it came, I sat down one night and I said, we have to figure out a schedule. We have to figure out how we're going to like make this work. That's the easiest on first of all, our daughter, and then also on us. And so like I sat down, made an elaborate schedule for every day of the week. That was like everything that, you know, to have like a really solid routine and schedule for our daughter, but then also how we were going to divide it up so that we could each get like solid chunks of time. Cause you know, like you said, we're both in creative field. So we need like a block of really ideally a couple hours so that we have time to kind of like get flowing mm-hmm. and really like think about it and be in a creative headspace. You know, it's really hard to just like jump in immediately and be like, I have minutes to creative, but sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was, it was an early priority. You're writing comics now. I love that. Um, I'm a huge comic fan. I, I've, I've not read a lot of your work, but what I have read, I've liked a lot. I'm so, I noticed now you're writing these DC Superheroes Girls books. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that. It's so fun. Uh, I obviously, you know, it's amazing because you're getting to work with, uh, you know, 
extremely fun characters. You know, it's Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl and Zatanna and Bumblebee and Green Lantern. So you've got like the whole plethora of fun to work on. And then um, I really am enjoying the cartoon. My daughter loves the cartoon. So uh, then I get to be a hero to her because then I'm writing these stories that she thinks are kind of just for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really fun. But yeah, it's it's so fun. I, I love writing them. I, I got to tell you, um, my daughter went with me to, she's six now, she was five at the time, went with me to the last free comic book day. There was the DC uh, superheroes freebie by Shea Fontana there. And her reading skills are just now starting to really gel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And last week she looked at me and said, Daddy, can I have some comic books to look at at night before bed? And I said, yes, you can. <laughs> so I grabbed her some of the trade paperbacks, and I'm looking forward to grabbing yours as well. So I, you definitely already have fans in this house. Awesome. I'm I'm very excited for her to read those. My my daughter's five, and she, she loves them too, so... What's it like working with the characters, not having to worry about the traditional continuity or even the traditional audience? Well, you still, there's still a a continuity to adhere to because it's actually with this, um, because I'm working in tandem with the television series. And this was Mm -hmm. also true when I was doing the the Teen Titan Go comics. um, You actually, uh, there's like another layer that you need to check with. So, I will I will like send in a pitch and then my editor at DC will look it over and then she also sends it to um, the people doing the television show because I have to make sure that nothing I'm doing is going to conflict with maybe something they have going on in the season mm-hmm. you know if I'm going to do something with the characters but they're doing something that would be completely at odds with that or send that character away or have that character present when I'm sending it away um, then I'm the one who has to, to has to give in that situation because they've got, you know, all the moving parts of the TV show and this is, mm-hmm. you know, supplementary material to that. So it's, uh, there is actually like a whole continuity, you know, I had to read like the whole like character description for the show and it, you know, I'm really in the world of the show. So if they say that a character is somewhere, you know, then that's where she is. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting to go through. I mean, it hasn't really been a problem. It hasn't really been hard. It's been like minor things, if anything, like, oh, well, now we've decided that this person was always at Metropolis High School or whatever. And then it's like, OK, great. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, if you're, let's say you're writing a Batgirl comic for somebody my age. Right. That, somebody right. like saying, I want her to deal with this issue and this problem. and, and, and But then you mm-hmm. write for somebody that the child's age you get to put yourself in a whole different headspace at that yes. what's that been like uh it's cool i you know because when i started the first time i did anything for dc was uh sensation comics featuring wonder woman just straight up wonder woman for mm-hmm. you know adults all ages and then i did wonder woman 77 which was in the uh canon of the linda carter tv series and mm-hmm. set in the 70s so obviously, you know, very specific fan bases, like you said, adults who have a full awareness of a character's whole history and ethos and backstory. And, and um, the first time I wrote Wonder Woman, I was, I had to like really talk myself out of feeling all that pressure because I was like, oh, somebody's going to get mad at me no matter what. Like, I can't ruin this. Everyone loves her. Like, what am I going to do? The most mm-hmm. iconic female superhero of all time. No mm-hmm. pressure. 
Um, and I had to kind of put that aside and be like, okay, but what Wonder Woman story would I like to tell um, as a fan of the character myself? Because if you start trying to figure out how you're going to please everybody, um, it becomes a mess because you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it is it is different writing. They're such an enthusiastic, open and receptive. Like they just want to be told a good story. They just want to like be amused and maybe laugh or have something to aspire to. Like they're they're just like really in it to be entertained and to be pleased and to hopefully you know take away some sort of good lessons about life and your character and and friendship and all those you know important things that that superheroes stand for and give us um and that the like unabashed like delight that kids seem to have in that kind of stuff is really is really fun it's fun to write for it's fun to see them react to the stories it's both are fun but it is a little bit more fun to to write for kids (laughs) I, i could see that i mean i remember being you know getting into comics for the first time and i came up into a bunch of superman comics that were all from different eras and you know me being a little kid trying to make sense of why is this character alive here but not here and and you know what i didn't care because i was being told a good story and that's really what matters mm-hmm. i and, agree you know, i agree the fun of, of, of taking the journey and figuring this stuff out as you read more and more, I mean, that I, I like to think of reading as, as almost research or an adventure or trying to find a treasure that somebody else buried decades ago. And, oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, somewhere in this big bookshelf is the answer to what I'm looking for. I just have to find it. I love that. Yeah, as a, as a person who grew up always with her nose in a book, I really like that, <laughs> that concept. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but... Speaking of good concepts, uh, I like I said, I like following you on social media, and you're really you built a great community with your fans. You have a great rapport with them, and like for once, you will just ask a question to get people talking and thinking on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So that came from it's been um, it's been several years now. Uh, that started, I guess it was four years ago, um, one November, I was thinking about, you know, people often do gratitude posts on social media, especially in the month of November, you know, it's a time that people tend to think about what they're grateful for. And I was thinking about that myself. And then I was like, well, no one really cares what I personally am thankful for or grateful for. I mean, like, yes, they do. But not really. And then I started thinking, like, I wonder if I could uh, get people to to think about things that they're grateful for in kind of a, um, a different way. And so I started that November, I started asking questions every day that uh, were, you know, tell me a story of a time someone did something kind for you. Tell me a story about a time, you know, like that, a, that a stranger impacted your life in a, in a meaningful way or just uh, these different, you know, a space that you love in your home, a person that you admire, a person that you've lost, but who made a wonderful impact on your life. It was just, uh, it was different things every day, but all with kind of a, a gratitude root without necessarily always using that word. Um, and then people responded to it so genuinely, which I didn't really anticipate 
but like so openly, like people were so willing to share like really personal, really deep stories about their lives, about uh, things they'd been through, about people that they had loved, about uh, things that their family had been through. And, uh, and so many people, and it all stayed positive. There were never any trolls on the posts. There was never anyone being mean. It was people even talking to each other. Oh, I've been through that too. And then offering support. Um, and I was like, oh, this is something kind of special. Like this is, this is a place on the internet where like people are suddenly being really genuine, really open, really sharing. And, um, at the time, and I still try to, I, I tried really hard to respond to every story because I felt like it was important for people to understand that they were being like seen and heard. That they weren't just screaming into the void when they were sharing something so intimate. Um, and I think that was part of what helped it stay kind of supportive and, and real. And then uh, when it got into the point where it, there were like thousands of responses, I realized that it was something maybe people were craving. Um, and so then I just kept doing it, not every day, because then it was just, it was just overwhelming and hard to like, then I couldn't really respond and I couldn't really read everything. So then I started doing it like, you know, maybe every week or every two weeks. And I've done that for four years now. And um, then right now, since the, since the shelter in place has been going, I've done it, um, I think every day, because I feel like right now, things are really dark and things are really hard for people in all kinds of ways. You know, we're, we're all going through different things, but it, it, you know, overall, we're all going through this pandemic in our own experiences, whether we're, you know, totally alone and lonely or dealing with pressures with family or dealing with people who are sick or with loss or, you know, what, whatever that looks like. Um, I felt like there should still be kind of an oasis of something, uh, to remind us to take care of ourselves, to remind us to take care of each other, to, to check in, to, you know, find this. So I have to do it again right now just because it's kind of a dark time. <laughs> yeah. And, and the stuff you're talking about there, it put in that sense, it, it gels very well with what I try to do here is that, I mean, I, I love talking about comics and sci-fi and, and all that, but I don't want to sit here and ask you a question that you get at a panel. What's your favorite episode or how – I want to talk about why do you do this? Why is it meaningful to you? Why are your coworkers important to you? That I want to talk about motivation and that, that we're really in the same page here. So when you, you look at these people and they responded and you get 30, 40, 100 responses to one of these questions sometimes – what do you do with that at the end of the day? Well, I mean, I don't do anything with it. Um, I just try to find stories uh, if and when I can. Sometimes there are thousands and sometimes like I, I literally there's so many that I can't read them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to. It's important to me to not just let it be a thing without an actual interaction. Like it's important that it's about connection truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and people connecting with each other, people feeling heard, people's story, because, you know, I have a, I have a larger platform on Twitter. So it's a way too that I can amplify someone else's story or experience, um, which I think is really cool. And that's kind of it. I mean, I haven't, sometimes uh, some press outlets have, uh, 
picked up some of the questions that have gone viral and have written about them, but I mm -hmm. usually only find that out when the when after the story is written and out there, and then I like you know get a Google alert or something. It's kind of funny. Uh, it is. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's what that is. Uh, but no, I haven't I haven't done anything with it. Uh, there have been people that have suggested maybe like compiling things into like a book so people could look through them. Uh, and I've thought about that, toyed with that idea, but I haven't actually, uh, there is no real, um, no real plan for anything. Oh, sure, it's sure. just something I do. <laughs> no, and it's just seeing that you can do that and, you know, you get such a response and like you said, overwhelmingly genuine, positive responses. I mean, that, that has an effect on you then. It's like, wow, I made this. I, I sat around and I typed out two sentences and this was the response in the world. And that's that's a great feeling. It is. It's the the fact that it's that that part of it has stayed troll free. I mean, I get trolls in like anything else. I mean, I can barely sneeze out a tweet about anything else and not have someone, you know, calling me names or saying something super bizarre. But for whatever reason, the questions have stayed relatively uh, it stayed like really like earnest and sincere. And uh, that is something I'm super grateful for. Yeah, it can be hard. I I've noticed that when people try to tear down something that's 100% positive, it's like trying to build up jello. You just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's just like everyone's in such a headspace that they're like, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to do this. This is yeah. Like, you know, you post a Wonder Woman comic and it's like, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. And it's like that gives them something to work with when you just put out what's good in life. It's like there's nothing to handle there. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. So any plans for the future as far as uh, you're working on the superhero books, anything else that you're really looking forward to? I am. I'm working on the, the DC superhero girls right now. Um I also have, uh, right now, Kat is illustrating a story every year uh, that I wrote. Every year, annually, we do John Carpenter's Tales for Halloween Night, mm -hmm. which is uh, which is horror and very much adult and very, very opposite end of the spectrum. It's uh, absolutely R-rated and not for kids at all and totally horror. Um, and I'm, I always love doing that. And it's very, it's very fun to play in something that's so... Um, outside of like my normal wheelhouse. Um, so I've got that. I've got, I'm writing episodes right now of the new uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series for Netflix, um, which is so fun. And I can't wait to actually be able to share what's going on there. Uh, Cause right now I've so far I've written two episodes and I love them. And I just got to see the animatics of the first one, and it was really cool. But that's all I can say about that. Sure. <laughs> Is that I love it. Uh, yeah, but that's, I think that's, um, I think that's everything that's going on right now. Um, I do have that, uh, that work for a million uh, lesbian detective graphic novel that I adapted from the novel, um, is finished and the Kickstarter copies should be coming out to people in the next few weeks. They got a little bit delayed because of the pandemic. The printer had to shut down for a little while um, and they were already delayed because of previous uh, situations. But um, 
the, the Kickstarter copy should be coming out soon. We're talking to a publisher um, and thus should be widely available soon uh, for sale, but I'm not uh, sure when that will be. I'm going to make yeah. sure all that gets in the show notes because I'm sure people are going to be like, hey, I want to check out that project and you can find <laughs> it on my website at the very least. Um, and I I don't want to take up too much of your morning because I know you're very Thank busy. You. And you've got a house full of stuff, but there's one dream question I want to ask before I let you go. Okay. And that, um, you're a writer. Your wife is an artist. What's it like being in that kind of marriage when you can have like a creativity feedback loop? Do you just get into spitballing sessions that go crazy? All right. I, I had to see that. Oh, there. God, yes. Even when we're not, I mean, we love working together because then there's a shorthand because I can write something and know that what she's going to do is great. And then also like she's right there. So she can be like, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, awesome. Um, but we also do that for each other on projects that the other one's not, you know, She'll always show me her, you know, her layouts, her pencils, her whatever, and be like, what do you think? And I'll get uh, whatever feedback I have, which is usually that's gorgeous. But I might have like a like, oh, what if you whatever. And then uh, the same story ideas or giant um, yoga that for some reason has become like this weird part of my process where when I'm really brainstorming, I pull out the yoga ball and I just like bounce all over it and crawl all over it and try it. I think it's just like moving around that helps my head. It's the weirdest thing. It's very embarrassing, but it's true. But I'll do that and then just like spitball ideas at her and be like, okay, what if they did this? Or what if they did this? Or do you think I should split that up into two panels? Or do you think it'd be cooler like this? And then um, she'll like, you know, be a sounding board for me. And it's nice because we do, you know, opposite sides of the same creative thing. So we have that opposite perspective but also know a lot about what we each do. So it's, it's actually like really um, ideal <laughs> for having someone in the house that you can, you know, spitball with. Fantastic. Well, like I, you've been a fantastic guest. I have loved talking to you. I would like to have you back sometime soon. Sure. Of course. Um, but where can people keep track of you and follow your adventures? Um, mostly on Twitter, as, as you've noticed and pointed out, I am literally always on Twitter and that's just at Amanda Dibert which is D-E-I-B-E-R-T, which is confusing. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I have an Instagram, which is Amanda Dibert Official, and I have a, a Facebook page that almost no one uses. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, and I can't wait to get this episode out. I, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Thank you. I would like to thank Amanda for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. Now, about today's episode, I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but I need to let you know that today's episode was recorded in April of 2020, which means that we were doing the lockdown due to the coronavirus. And if you don't remember, we had a lot of trouble with bandwidth, the internet was taxed to its limits. And that meant the recording quality wasn't quite what I was hoping it would be. There were times that I had to make a decision between cutting out parts that were breaking up or leaving it in, letting it maybe sound a little bit choppy or digitized. And I made the best call I could make to help you understand what was being said. And I'm not always sure I made the right choice, but I stand by the work and I think it came out as well as could be expected. So 
If this didn't sound as well as you'd like it to sound, please know that this is not what I want the show to sound like on a regular basis. For the community building part of the show, I'd like you to drop me an email at bossigpodcast.yahoo.com and let me know who you would like to have on the show. If there's anybody out there I'm not familiar with, I'd like to be introduced to these people. Now, this could be somebody who's an artist or a writer or just a cosplayer or a fan who's made it big. Anybody who's trying to use fandom to make the world a better place, that's somebody I want to talk to. Don't forget, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all the major podcast platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.